Welcome to Chasing a Dream with the Dugout Duo. Well, let's get to the digital dugout. Well, that's baseball. You know, you take your worries to the park and you leave them there. There's no more baseball after this afternoon until spring training. Baseball is a spirited race, a man against man, reflex against reflex, a game of inches. Let's play ball, baby. Everybody. Hold on, I'd take a selfie with the hot dog, selfie with the churro. On this episode, we'll be talking about Citizens Bank Park, Philadelphia, and of course, the Phillies. Well, let's go. Here it comes. Forget about this one. Drive home safely. How about that one? Both back to the wall, leaping, and he made the catch. The impossible has happened. And this baby is over. Alright, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing a Dream with the Dugout Duo. It's me, Parcheesy, and I'm with the old man. What's up, old man? Hey, how you doing, Parcheesy with an E? (laughs) (laughs) Every time I do the spell check, that's the right way to do it. It it makes me spell it that way. So, I, you know, I know you are a grammar geek, so I want to keep in... uh, Siri is making me do it that way, so just so you know. (laughs) Well... I am right and Siri is wrong. So uh, don't let's let, just get this straight. Don't let when, Siri hear that, you know, like she well, might revolt and then your iPhone won't work anymore. Oh, uh, that will never happen. Siri and <laughs> Siri and I have it going on. We do. <laughs> you do have a love hate relationship going on. I oh, know. no, it, no, it's it's all love. It's like 1969 Woodstock. It's all peace and love dove. Yeah, Definitely. it's all good. Well, here we are back in the digital dugout for another episode, and are you ready to do this? Well, if I have to, I guess. (laughs) I am ready to go. I have my Philadelphia Phillies t-shirt on that I got out in Philadelphia, and I don't have a vegan cheesesteak with me, unfortunately, but I I think I can get in the mood. Well, look, guy. We only have beef here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, you can't just give me uh, some bread with cheese and sauce. But I guess that's a big no-no out there in Philadelphia. But hey, that's all right. So we're actually doing a second episode in the city of brotherly love. Two in a row. So we're definitely giving Philadelphia a lot of love in these two episodes. We just focused on Veterans Stadium last episode, and now we're going pretty much across the street, the same area where it was located, at Citizens Bank Park. But before we get to the episode, you have an old longtime friend you wanted to give a shout-out to, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to give a big shout-out to Mike Dancer. He's my best friend from high school, and before that, actually, and he's one of our newest listeners. And if there are any of you that are new listeners, welcome aboard. We're glad to have you. And you can always like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And one more thing before we get into the episode, I definitely have to give a big shout out with our podcast network, the No Phony Podcast Network. The new episode that's featured or the new podcast that's featured for this month is Bats and Balls podcast. I I think I every time I hear that title of that podcast, it makes me laugh. But there, uh, they talk about rugby and baseball and football, American football. They talk pretty much about everything, but I know it's a lot of rugby, but it, it's a really interesting thing. So go to the check out No Phony Podcast Network and you can check out a lot of cool podcasts, including the Bats and Balls podcast. So now that we got all that housekeeping out of the way, let's get to the Citizens Bank Park. All right. So as we always focus on the stadiums and everything, so when was Citizens Bank Park built? They broke ground in June 28th of 2001, and the first game was on April 3rd of 2004, and that was the Red Cincinnati Reds and the Phillies, and the Reds won, boo, 4 to 1. Before the gates officially opened at the new ballpark, Mike Schmidt unveiled the statue of his likeness and then summed up the day's early excitement. We'll get a good game in today. Uh, We need a win here. I got one last night, so uh, really upbeat around here. Congratulations. Thanks for coming out. 
And obviously, it, it hasn't been taken out of commission. That's another one of the big questions. It's still in commission because we were there just a few weeks ago and we saw two games. We'll get into talking about the two games in a little bit. Definitely, um, it was kind of like a night and day type games. <laughs> very, very different, uh, the two games we saw. So the stadium is still in commission. It's still going strong. It's a beautiful stadium and everything. But when, how big is the field size? Well, the field size, the right field power alley is 369. The left field power alley is 374. And straightaway center field is 401. And the cool thing about this stadium compared to the vet, you can actually see the entire field from wherever you're sitting, right? <laughs> oh, what a concept. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, that helps add to the game a little bit, that you're able to see where the ball goes and you don't have to check out the Jumbotron. <laughs> well, actually, it's this little uh, 12 by 12 screen above your head. And But anyway, <laughs> I couldn't even see the Jumbotron oh. at- the vet. Uh, well, yeah. that's we we totally went into the vet. If you missed that episode talking about Veterans Stadium, definitely go check that out. That's the episode right before. We had a lot of awesome people we featured, uh, a cool Lyft driver, and we actually have a little bit more interviews that we're going to, one more interview we're going to sample a little bit later on in the episode. But one of the things that was kind of special about Citizens Bank Park is it wasn't used for any other sports, just baseball, right? You are correct, just baseball. And, you know, I'd like to say, too, thank you to all the good people of Philadelphia that made our stay so wonderful. I tell you what, um, we really met some fantastic people there. It was uh, Philadelphia gets a bad rap. It really does. I mean, it is nothing like I expected. The last time I went there, I just drove in with the kids And we stayed over in Camden, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And the only going thing about Camden is it's the Campbell Soup Company. But let me tell you, there's nothing mm -mm good about uh, Camden. (laughs) Nothing at all. And I... I don't know if we totally mentioned it, but on the last episode, uh, we did we did a road trip out from your neck of the woods out in Wisconsin, and we drove all the way down to Philadelphia, and when we were out there, we actually swung over to Atlantic City, and, you know, I am just surprised, you know, being a West Coast kid myself, I'm just taken aback by the beauty and how green it is, and the history that is in, from the East Coast. Every time I go any city in the East Coast, it blows my mind, just how beautiful those cities are and the history and everything and philadelphia is definitely one of those cities and it's really it was really cool to visit and i have to second definitely all the people there were really cool we had a great time except for one guy uh <laughs> but we'll get oh, to that yes. we'll get to that yes story we a will bit later the fans here in philly are really great yeah they all have philly's fever we got the fever Back to the stadium. Did you notice any things that were really cool for kids? Um, no, not really. There, um, there was, there was. Remember the they had a baseball field and they had like a rock climbing thing that oh, that geez. was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, How could I forget that? Yeah, well, you know, we didn't have uh, any. I didn't have my kids, and your kids are all grown up, so you're not right. really focusing on that stuff too much. But that was the first thing I thought. If my daughter was out there, she would have loved the rock climbing or getting in the little mini baseball area. And there's actually two locations. One had the baseball area with uh, climbing, rock climb type thing. Uh, and then also like ice cream. They sold ice cream there. And then on the other side of the park, there's like, um, you know, those big uh, jungle gym type things with the crawly, the tube crawlies. I have no idea what they're called, but it was a really cool idea. And they actually had the screen of the game playing. So if you're a dad or a mom and your kids get a little restless, they want to go play, you can take them over there, buy them some ice cream, let them play. And then you could also, uh, you won't miss the game. So I thought that was really, really cool. 
Yeah, I did too. You say all my kids are grown up. You mean you're actually grown up? Jeez. <laughs> I didn't well, know that. Well, I, I, don't, I don't like to admit that, but yeah, yeah, I guess so, huh? And on Thursday, it unveiled a brand new family-friendly interactive space called The Yard. And we have four areas here with the wiffle ball, the speed pitch, the hot dog launcher like the Fanatic does, and a 29-foot high climbing wall. There was definitely some cool things for the kids. Not just one playground, but there's two playgrounds. But what about for the adults? Do we have any playground or any fun stuff to do for the adults? Oh, there was lots of fun things to do. You know, it was like, it's one of the best stadiums I've ever been to. It really is. Um, the only downsize to the stadium was, it's like climbing Mount Everest up on the fourth level. Yes. You know, yeah, I was like literally afraid i mean it was like scaling the side of mount everest and i had to pass this big husky guy to get to my seat and i actually thought that i was gonna like tumble down and i probably would have ended up right on home plate and like hey um, what's up yeah but that uh, is the only thing i can think about the only downside to that stadium yeah. was they should have designed it more to where there was room up there. I don't spend much time in nosebleed seats, but I have been to the nosebleed seats in like um, Chicago, both Chicago stadiums, Milwaukee, California, mm-hmm. when the Angels. Yeah. And it's all very easily accessible. Yes. Yeah. And it was not yeah. at Citizen Bank Park. Yeah, and same thing with like we were talking about uh, Qualcomm or Jack Murphy Stadium, and then also now Petco. I have spent a lot of time up in the nosebleed seats in those stadiums, you know, because it's uh, super cheap and you can go and have a lot of fun for an affordable, oh, affordable cost. But yeah, I have to second that. I was I had like vertigo going up there, and even once we got and sat down, I was still kind of freaking out. And you know, of course, running through my mind is what if there's an earthquake but you know i forgot there's no earthquake so (laughs) (laughs) that's always my first thought being from southern california is what about you're such a california kid i know it always freaks me out but it was so (laughs) high even when we were sitting down i felt like i had vertigo but we were able to or you were able to snap a beautiful picture of the stadium from when we were at our nosebleed seats and that's actually if you're able to see the cover of this episode, whether it's on the website or on Facebook or Twitter, the picture of the cover for this episode was actually taken by the old man, and it's a beautiful shot, and you're able to see the uh, Philadelphia skyline. So, I mean, if you're not afraid of heights, it's a great, great view, I would say. <laughs> oh, I agree, and that's the one upside to up in the fourth level. Now, you're if you're down at field level, you can't see the philadelphia skyline but if you get up in the fourth level you can see it and oh it is so beautiful it it really is i mean it's incredible it's one of the most picturesque stadiums i've ever been to the whole city of philadelphia it's it's just amazing i had this preconceived notion like i say the only time i've ever been to philadelphia is just driving to camden driving across the bridge to get to the game and then this is philadelphia let's get the heck out you know and grabbing my kids' wrists you know it's like mm-hmm. i don't want any philadelphian uh, kidnapping you that's the only time i've really had any experience with philadelphia but it is a wonderful city it really is and i hate to sound like a broken record we'll get into this as we go along with this episode but you philadelphians you can be proud of your city you have a very nice beautiful city oh yeah it was was very beautiful and when we were there we were able lucky enough to catch two games so one game we're up in the nosebleed seats and then the second game we actually we had uh lower seat levels down by uh third base i believe but the first Mm -hmm. game we went it was uh, i was that the night game and it or the i think that was the day game and it was freezing cold with wind and i mean i had my long johns on and like three shirts on and and the free beanie that we had for the opening day and it was so cold it was almost hard to appreciate the game i mean i honestly felt bad for the players yes it was um it was on april 5th and that was the day opener i've never been to a stadium that does this before but they had the day opener which was on april 5th and then they had uh two days later they had the night opener Mm -hmm. which was on april 7th and i've never done that before so actually i can say 
I've been to two opening days and one opening night, In which I don't. Yeah, and I don't think anyone can beat that. Yeah. Or at well, least I don't we, think so. Well, we have someone. We're trying to set up an interview. One of my friends out here in San Diego, and I, he actually ended up going to three home games in three different stadiums. So I can't wait to get him on, and maybe you guys can talk about that. But that's for a whole other episode of the and podcast. That would be one, and that would be wonderful. That, that would, would be just, I would love I to talk to I know. Him. I really yes. want to hear his story. So everyone, keep your <laughs> fingers crossed, and hopefully we'll get that lined up, because that would be a great uh, episode. So I was kind of thinking for this episode, we usually talk about the game and everything. So we should really focus, I think, personally, on the night game, the second game. And it was crazy, because the night game was warmer than the day game, which is, I think, just insane. Well, dummy me, I wore shorts yeah. to the second game. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me like, who is this yo-yo? Thank goodness I brought a blanket along, you know, I, but it I, it was still cold. It really mm-hmm. was. I mean, it would have if it would have been like 20 degrees warmer, it would have been if there is a such thing, almost the perfect experience, the perfect ballpark the perfect, you know, game. But obviously, Philadelphians can't control the weather. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was cold. <laughs> yeah, that's something that's definitely, you know, it's it just it, you have to kind of roll with the punches when it comes to the weather or we were just lucky enough that it didn't snow. And how crazy that snowing in April, it was a really interesting um, game. And so we saw two games like we saw in the second game. I thought was pretty awesome because I saw two grand slams in one game. And I don't think I've ever seen two grand slams in one game, which I was pretty impressed by that. That doesn't happen very often. Michael Franco and Aaron Althair hit the two grand slams Mm -hmm. and it was a slugfest. The Phillies ended up winning the night opener 20 to one. You are like runs, 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 you know, and it would, I think the record is 28 runs. I believe by it is team. 28. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, once it got up to about 18 uh, points, cause they were just destroying the Marlins. Marlins got, I think one run that whole game. I was kind of like, you know, there's no way it's going to be a close game. Let's just rack up the points and maybe we could see history be made. And I mean, it was 20 to one. So they only had to get eight more runs and they would have, I believe tied the record for the most runs pulled in in a game, which I think that's, that's pretty mind blowing, especially the Philadelphia Phillies, they're an okay team, but you're saying they're not the best team right now. So it's pretty impressive for them because they don't have a bunch of really, really good bats. So it's pretty impressive that they were able to pull off that many runs in that game. Well, Parcheesi, I beg to differ, and we'll get into this a little bit later um, in the episode, but um, they're actually one of the surprise teams in Major League Baseball right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they did. They did pretty good. They won both games that we saw there. Uh, the two mm-hmm. games. Yeah. And one of my personal favorite things that um, you know, as I go over and as I edit these episodes after we record them, and I go through and try to find sound clips. But one of my favorite things is going to these stadiums, and you get to get the uh, the little things that you wouldn't really necessarily see if you watch it on TV. And one of my personal favorites is they play uh, Harry Killis singing, which he's uh, one of their old announcers. And he's actually singing High Hopes, which, you know, I, I didn't even know what the song was. But after the first game, they played it and everyone in the crowd is singing along to this uh, High Hopes song. And I, I have to say, after editing the Veteran Stadium episode, I had this song stuck in my head for probably about a week. Once there was a silly old ant Thought he'd move a rubber tree plant Anyone knows an ant can't Move a rubber tree plant But he had high hopes He had high hopes He had high apple pie in the I hope so when you start to feel it low, instead of letting go, just remember that. 
it is really unique though because every stadium and the uh fans and the players and it kind of creates a culture around it and it's very unique and it's kind of something you don't really get or you don't really even know that happens unless if you're in that city you're a part of that culture that community or if you're able lucky enough to actually go and visit and see see the game and one thing about the game that really struck me that was I, I believe it was really a somber moment well first of all is harry kellis it was his son he sang the star spangled banner for the the first game that we saw which i thought was really cool because you know it's it, they did a tribute to him but they actually did a tribute to a uh, holiday who was a pitcher and because he passed away do you want to go into more into that Oh, I'd love to. Roy Holiday, an absolutely wonderful person. He pitched for the Philadelphia Phillies and the Toronto Blue Jays. And it's. I was going to use this as uh, the trivia question, but I figured this was off your radar. I want to at least give you a chance. I'm <laughs> yeah, six, right. six and one right now. You <laughs> oh, know, sure. I, I don't want to, sure. you know, I've got you down. I don't want to pound on you too much oh, when you're down. Great. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, Oddly enough, Roy Halladay is the first pitcher to throw a no-hitter at Citizen Bank Park. And that was done on October 6, 2010 against the Cincinnati Reds. Halladay is one strike away. The 0-2. A bouncer. Ruiz. In time! Roy Halladay has thrown a no-hitter! It, yeah. was, it was a really somber moment. They did a, you know, a moment of silence for him and everything. And I, I just thought that was really cool. And it's so, you know, really just, you know, hits you hard when someone who has so much talent and someone who's such a great player and such a good human being just passes away way before w their time. So, I mean, I have to give a big shout out, you know, to Hall uh, Roy Holiday and his family and everyone in Philadelphia for being upstanding and, you know, definitely doing that memorial because that was really cool. Ladies and gentlemen, please join the Phillies in a moment of silence to honor Roy Holiday, our forever friend and one of the greatest to ever wear a Phillies uniform. Oh, absolutely. Um, he loved to fly and he had his plane and actually not to sound morbid, but he died doing one of his passions, you know, I mean, so I mean, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's it's a shame, but at least, right. you know, he was able to play baseball and he did throw that no hitter and he's going to go down in the history books and that's definitely nothing's going to change that. So, you know, definitely. And, you know, that's another thing. Uh, me being the novice in baseball, I was able to go experience that and kind of ask you, you know, what's who is this? And I, I was able right. to learn and, and then going back now and looking into it and everything. I'm like, wow, what an amazing person. And, you know, definitely, definitely have to um, say something about that. So all in all, I mean, it was a really good game. I had a blast. Anything else that stood out to you about the specific game, either or the opener, home opener, the day opener or the night opener? Well, the one thing that sticks in my mind and I can't really forget it is how Gabe Kapler was booed on opening yes. day. Yes, yes. The manager of the 2018 Philadelphia Phillies, number 22, Gabe Kapler. Let's go into this a little bit. I really do not understand this. I mean, yeah, they had, when they were on the road for their first series, they didn't do so well. But um, look at their record right now. They're 15-9 and nine as we're recording this, but they're only a half game out of first place behind the New York Mets. Oh, I the mean, Mets and are on fire right now, too, so... To only be a game and a half behind the Mets, that's pretty impressive, right? Yeah, they've cooled off a little bit. And the New York Mets were one of these teams that they were going to be either really good or really, really bad in when we were all discussing them and thinking about them during spring training. Yeah. And um, I 
think they're going to be around to stay. They well, look like they have a really good team. The, the season is still very, very young, and there's a lot of more baseball to be played. So I think a lot more can happen. But back to Kapler. So this is the head coach, like, you know, just, you know, for the novice, the other novices he, like me who are listening, you know, he's the head coach. This is his first season. He's quite young. I mean, what is he, early 30s or something? Really young to be the, the, the manager. And so everyone booed him, like, I mean, everyone in the stadium booed him. It was crazy. And so, you know, we were walking around the stadium and, you know, we kind of were talking to a little bit of the locals. And I went up to one guy and was like, hey, you know, what's up with the coach Kapler? Uh, you know, why did everyone boot him? He's like, because he sucks. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, well, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. That's what the booing meant. But why does he suck? Why do you guys hate him? But basically, they went in to say that he's all about the uh, money ball and, and analytics, uh, it, which is a different way to look at baseball and a different way of doing the lineup. So, And he also pulled out a pitcher who was doing really hot in the early season, and then they ended up losing the game. So I, it would be really interesting to see if Philadelphia and the, you know, the Philly fans eventually warm up, warm up to Kapler. And to top it all off, we're in the, the clubhouse store because in, in Philadelphia is the one place in all of America yeah, that yeah, it's not yeah. a team store, old man. Yeah, at least it's not, at least yeah, it's not yeah. a, what's the other one you're making fun of it? Um, gift shop. It's not a gift shop, but it's the clubhouse no. store. And we were walking around and looking and you almost bought a Kapler shirt, which would have been hilarious because you did get crap for actually wearing a Green Bay Packers sweatshirt. At the game. When the game was over, we were trying to head out uh, as we were leaving and we we're going into the bathroom and one guy, you know, it's a family show, so I got to keep it mild, but he's, sure. you know, Green Bay, get the hell out of here with that crap, you know? <laughs> you know, and that's, kind, and that's kind of an interesting concept that you bring up. One thing, and I think I can speak for you too, one thing that I noticed about Philadelphians is there's no gray area. Mm -hmm. They're they are either super, super wonderful, nice, or they are absolute just jerks. I mean, there is no middle ground. <laughs> and this guy, blood, yeah. and you know, when I was packing, I do remember grabbing, because I really do like the sweatshirt, um, and I grabbed it, and I thought, oh, I wonder if I should take this. And I thought, you know what? The Eagles just won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. No one's going to say anything. And we're in the, the men's room, you know, and he's like, Packers. Yeah, yeah, he's not I happy. Mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I shouldn't have even said anything, but I looked at him. I said, look, dude, you guys just won the Super Bowl and the Packers sucked last year. I mean, what <laughs> yeah. else do you want? He's like, oh, yeah, but the Packers yeah. don't suck. And but one like, one thing about, you know, talking about the Phillies um, kind of as we're talking about the stadium, which is really, really cool. Actually, when we were looking at it on MapQuest and um, with the stadiums, it shows that you have Citizens Bank Park right there. Then you have the uh, Philadelphia, the Eagles right across the street. And then you have the, um, what is it? The uh, Sixers, the 76ers. They're right on the other side. And then you have the hockey team, which uh, it's slipping my Philadelphia mind. Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers. All of yeah. this sports teams the stadiums are all right there which is really really cool actually um a little bit of traffic congestion because the flyers game was ending as the phillies game was starting which we saw a family in the uh the clubhouse store and they all had flyers gear on and the dad was you know buying all the kids their philly shirts you know he's like take off your flyers gear we got to get our phillies gear on i'm like man what a cool dad and what a long day going to the flyers game and then walking across the street to go to the Phillies game. So I actually didn't think it was a good idea, but going down there and seeing it all in uh, how it actually worked, actually, I think it's really cool how they have all the stadiums right there. And there's a really, really cool um, bar slash um, area oh, right yes. outside. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but back sure. to the stadium, uh, you know, so overall, how was the vibe of the stadium? The vibe of the stadium was good. Like I say, I was a little jaded by uh, Gabe Kapler being booed. You know, I just, I don't know. I would have thought that they would have given him a little bit more of a chance. To be honest with you, had I been the manager 
of the Phillies. I wouldn't have made the decisions that he made in that first series. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, it's like, come on. He took it like a champ though. He went out there, he was waving and smiling when everyone was booing him. And I was just super confused. I was like, wait, what? This is the Phillies. This is a home team. I don't get it. But yeah, it, well, other than that, the vibe, you know, was really cool. Everyone was awesome. A lot. We had talked to a lot of the employees there and other fans and everyone was really nice. If you go back, listen on the vet stadium, we talked to a lot of the people who are working um, at Citizens Bank Park. And a lot of them either went to the vet as fans or they worked at the vet, um, which is really cool. Yeah. And another huge component of stadiums is the food. And what did you think about the food? I thought the food was great. I really did. They had a great selection. The ribs were excellent. And there was a big selection. Whatever you want, you could definitely find. Um, it's And actually, about a month before I went to Citizen Bank Park, I did Google the food. And it said that the food was like five-star. And uh, it was correct. It was pretty good. It It was was really good. It was okay. My major gripe with the food, again, I'm spoiled with Petco Park. And we'll get into that eventually in the Petco Park uh, episode. But they had um, signs all over the stadium of iconic eateries and iconic, you know, markets and stuff. So they'd have a big sign of an iconic market, but then right under it just had, you know, kind of normal in the park uh, food. So I, I thought it would be really cool. You know, if you're talking about these iconic markets or, you know, we were talking about last episode, Gino's Steakhouse or something, if they should have those in the stadium and incorporate it. Because why have the signs and advertise for them when you're not selling their food, you know, in there? But, you know, that, like I said, I'm, I'm just kind of stuck up because I'm spoiled here out in San Diego. But um, also with the food, how was the beer selection? I'm selling good beer, you guys. Drink, drink, drink. Everyone got a beer, got a beer. I will look at the beer you're drinking. I know if it's good. Well, I was disappointed. It was a very small selection. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, and I've lived by the concept, life is too short to drink cheap beer. And and when you're drinking cheap, um, cheap, uh, overpriced mm-hmm, beer mm-hmm. then there's a problem and th- that was i was disappointed yeah i felt they should have had but then again i'm spoiled you know being from wisconsin it's a beer state yeah. and at miller park i mean any beer you want mm-hmm. you can find yeah. someplace and like san diego at petco yeah. park and we will go into this when we do get to petco park but they, they also, I mean, their selection was off the charts. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, I mean, so. Yeah, I think we ended up finding one beer that we ended up, it was like a Daybreaker by New Belgium, which was, it was all right. It was tolerable. But other than that, there wasn't very much of a selection, which is totally unfortunate because like I was saying, in Philadelphia uh, and, and in, in, in Pennsylvania, the entire state, which I, we definitely have to do a shout out later, there's so many awesome microbreweries in the state so like we were talking about last episode on the vet uh there's the yards brewery i mean you know it, how hard would it be for them to get yards to come in and sell a few of their beers at the stadium because they have amazing beer and they're from philadelphia so you know that's just an idea i think would be go a long way personally but yeah i agree i, I have to concur the beer selection uh, wasn't too wasn't the best and we actually met one of the people that we did an interview in Yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Anthony. Yeah, yeah on last, yes, it last was Anthony. Oh, yeah, great guy. Him and his wife, very nice people. They, I mean, if it's a such thing, they look like they were made for each other to be married. And it's just, he would, both very nice people. Yeah. It's just like, we didn't really encounter very many jerks. No, um, no. no, but I mean... Other than the sweatshirt guy, he was a character. (laughs) But then again, you know, you wore a Green Bay Packers sweatshirt. But, you know, we'll get – so, all right, um, we always like to talk about the inside the stadium. But what about outside of the stadium? I I definitely have a lot to say about this. But was there anything (laughs) to do outside of the stadium, you know, after or before the game? Yes. There is a sports bar called Xfinity. 
And um, I'll have you know, Parcheesi put on his dancing shoes and he was uh, <laughs> doing his thing. And I don't know if I should say this or not, but what the heck, I'm a spontaneous kind of guy. The women in Philadelphia are so pretty. I mean, it's like everywhere you look, just very pretty girls. I mean, very nice looking. And and here's my son. He's out dancing with all these, I mean, like <laughs> nine and ten. Well, not tens, but nine and nine point fives. And I'm thinking, oh, to be a young man again. So I just went out and I ended up um, watching Sports Center and talking baseball with some, some of some beer. Yeah, and they actually had a pretty good selection. But when this uh, Xfinity bar and apparently there is one in um, San Francisco, so I think yes. it's a chain and there's a few of them. Which we first went in there, it's like a giant room, and we were able to go in for free because of our tickets. Usually there's a cover, which that I have to say is so awesome. What a great idea you know you went to the game so you get to go in free no cover if you didn't go into the game or didn't go to one of the games or the flyers game you have to pay a cover i think that's just genius so we went in there it's a huge huge area and you know all there was was ufc and it was kind of packed and there wasn't any really good beer and then you know we're kind of i don't know about this but there's a gino steaks in there and everything but way in the back back far back corner i was like oh there's a, a band playing and i have to give a shout out to this band gardens uh garden state i believe is the name and they're they're obviously from jersey but we went over there and they're a cover band and i have to say i love them but i also hate them because i've never danced to backstreet boys or britney spears (laughs) or any of that crap before but they did so awesome they were mixing it up and i'm not a fan of cover bands whatsoever i also do another a podcast called the Punk Rock and Politics Podcast. I love interviewing bands and I do that, but I, I was blown away. And it's it's hard to impress me when it comes to music. But I have to say, these these guys and girl, the lead singer, were amazing. They were mixing these songs up. They had the whole helmets, like they had outfits and it, it was mind-blowing. So I will have to say that was great. The only thing that they don't have adjacent to the park is a hotel but they were building a hotel so i would imagine in a little bit there'll be a hotel so maybe you could stay at the hotel go to the game go get a bunch of drinks and then just walk home walk over to the hotel so it's definitely a work in progress right around the stadium but i mean it it's really cool and what they're doing and even right now you know i have to say that xfinity was a blast and it was great oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had fun, too. Yeah. And I didn't even dance. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but I do have to say, I totally party fouled majorly, and I did spill one of my dad's beers. So, you know. Oh, I yeah. yes. <laughs> I totally. Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. I felt like a total noob there. That was horrible. But overall, I mean, I think this is pretty obvious, kind of going, hearing the last episode and then this episode. I think we already talked about last episode. But you think Philadelphia overall is a good base? baseball city well the impression i got from talking to people is i think it's more of a football Mm -hmm. city than a baseball city i mean they love their eagles Mm -hmm. make no Mm -hmm. mistake about it but they like winners and they're they also love the Flyers, too, and the Sixers. I mean, they're very into their sports, the, the major four, yeah. you know. But I think if I was have to choose one of the big four sports, I would say it'd be more of a football town than I anything. I agree, because surprisingly, I saw a lot of people in both games, and they were wearing Eagles gear. A few people were wearing Flyers gear, but that was simply because there's a Flyers game before and they walked over but there's a lot of people in eagles gear going to the philadelphia phillies game which i thought is kind of interesting you know i've made fun of friends for showing up i'm like yo man that's the wrong sport you know but like you said they love they love their eagles that's that's for sure Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, cool. absolutely. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Philadelphia is a beautiful city. And we we'll, we totally talked about this before. So we'll make it quick. But the city is beautiful with the history and everything. And then you have the arts, all the arts and the murals. It's one of the largest arts projects um, 
urban art projects in America. So there's artwork everywhere. It's just, it's a great city. Very all mom and pop corporations everywhere. I mean, I loved it there. I have to say it was a great city. Yes. If any of our listeners, if you've never been there, you really should go. I mean, whether you like baseball or, you know, football or whatever, you really owe it to yourself to go to Philadelphia. Because like I say, I had kind of a preconceived notion of what it was going to be like, you know, like a bunch of people walking around, you know, like the Philadelphia people on on TV. Yeah, I tell you what, you know, I mean, but <laughs> but yeah. it's it's nothing like that. It is an incredible, beautiful city. It was really unique. When we were driving around, there would be like three blocks of these gorgeous houses. And then all of a sudden, three blocks of not so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but any city is going to have that. Yeah, it was just so beautiful. It really was. I mean, and the people, I tell you, I would give the city of Philadelphia five stars Mm -hmm. if this was a uh, podcast about traveling or whatnot. Well, and like you're saying, before we get into our next section, we have to talk about the people. We had a bunch of interviews with a lot of people last episode on Veteran Stadium. So if you didn't check out that episode, definitely go back and check out that episode because we really highlight the people and the fans and the employees. But we have a little bit more of Bill, who definitely is one of my favorite guys that we interviewed. And he had a little bit to say about Citizens Bank Park. I'm fortunate enough to be next to a Phillies employee that has actually worked at both Veteran Stadium and Citizen Bank Park for the last 25 years. Can you tell me your name, sir? Bill. Bill. Um, could you tell me one of your favorite memories? Of course, it had to be 2008 World Series Championship and that whole five-year run of, of, of various championships. It was, it was just wonderful, just wonderful. Citizens Bank Park is a lot more fan-friendly because it's, it's only based on a baseball venue. Of course, at, at the vet, we had, we had a double venue, which tended to um, diminish, diminish the experience of the game. What a wonderful guy. I had a blast talking to him. Yeah. And I hope that in the future, I encounter many more bills throughout uh, the the years. Yeah. And that's one thing that I really love about doing the podcast, you know, because it definitely forced us uh, to get out of our comfort zone. And, you know, we like talking to people. I love talking to people. I'm a huge people person, but it was really cool to actually, we had to, because we are like, okay, we got to get interviews. We got to get talk to people. We got to get their opinion on the veteran stadium, you know? So it was really cool to force us out of our comfort zone. And you picked a lot of great people to interview. And like uh, a few times we just got lucky, especially with Michael, our, our Lyft driver. Yeah, I think I was going to say, actually, I was thinking that when you said it, I was lucky more than anything. But then once again, I think we can get a vibe for people. You can just kind of look at them. And once again, I hate to stereotype and come across that way, but uh, the city of Philadelphia taught me that lesson big time. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you could just see like any way I could, I could just kind of tell the people that, yeah, I'm sure that they have a lot to say and, yeah. you know, but I, yeah, I was more lucky than oh, anything. Yeah. You're yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah. So other than that, anything that we didn't cover or I didn't bring up uh, that stood out to you about the trip and the stadium? Oh, um, Eastern Pennsylvania is really cool. Uh, the only time I've, I've never really stayed there. I've just driven through probably about, I don't know, five or six times. And there's a lot of cool things to do there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, and surprisingly enough, if our listeners remember, both Parcheesi and I are German Hefeweizen, uh, which is a type of ale beer drinkers, and there were several microbreweries that we went to that had a very, very tasty Hefeweizen, and yeah, and we went to Gettysburg and the Appalachian Brewing, brewing company, com- and brewing also company. it was uh, Frankfurt Hall was the main one. That's in Fishtown, and that's right mm-hmm. next to uh, Joe's 
uh, steak and soda shop. And that place is basically only German beer. And that was a blast. And oh, yeah. it was a beautiful, beautiful place. I mean, if I lived in Philadelphia, my number one hangout spot would be Frankfurt Hall, without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. And Tristan, the bartender at Appalachian yes, Brewing Company, yeah. yeah, he tried to cheat when we were doing the old man's <laughs> yeah. Riddler. I was going to bring that up later and in the Riddler, like, but there's one, more, there's one more brewery that we have to give a shout out to because we did make a little stop. We were kind of going. We needed to take a little break and just, you know, chill out because we had a long drive, the whole drive, and we actually came across this little gem. Just in the middle of uh, Pennsylvania. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. That is the old Bedford Brewing Company. That's in Bedford, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And uh, their Heffy Bison was absolutely fantastic. Now, once again, I've talked about this in um, podcasts in the past. I do not promote drinking and driving. We were safe. And Parcheesi, he took one for the team. Mm-hmm. He had just a very small... Um, a little taste. taster, yeah. A little taster, yeah. And you were he able let to old... fully enjoy the experience, yeah. but yeah, you know, the old man yeah. did his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah, um, and it was it was an experience, you know, because uh, we walked in there, and this is it's a brand new brewery. We had no idea. We just found it on Google Maps, and we kind of stumbled into it. And it's actually in the side of like a bike shop. And we're like, what is, shop, right? yeah, inside yeah. a bicycle shop. And it, like, it's, oh, come on. yeah, it's kind of weird. We're like, okay, what up? It, this is a little weird. You know, I walk in hippie, California, Southern California, me and you know, the bar gets quiet. They're looking, what is this? you know guy doing in here with this weird old man like yeah with this what? fat dude yeah. what is he like his yeah, bouncer like, or what well, yeah what a weird looking duo we are the dugout duo <laughs> um right. but yeah we went in there and you know the um the owner and the guy basically who ran the place who just started one month before we went in there he was the nicest guy ever, and he took. Oh, a, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, and he took you on a tour. He went back, mm-hmm. showed you everything. But apparently, he's been home brewing for several years, and he kind of talked with the community, and everyone wanted to do uh, a microbrew for that town. Um, and he said no one was doing it after a while. And he said he talked to his wife, and they wrote up a business plan, and they ended up doing it. And I thought it was the coolest place ever. And I definitely want to give a huge shout out. And I got a shirt from there that I wear all the time. It's one of my favorite. But Old Bedford Brewing, it's great. And I was telling them, I can't wait till the next time I'm in Pennsylvania. And I'll go check it out. And they'll have an even bigger, more amazing showroom. But if you're ever in uh, Bedford, which is actually the place where the Whiskey Rebellion took place, which was pretty interesting because they, you know, like I'm saying, history, it's all about the history on the East Coast. And that brewery, um, they embraced the history of that town. Yes, Parcheesi and I are definitely uh, supporters of the Whiskey Rebellion. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It was interesting, yeah, Yeah, and he gave us a story, and he had a little book that we got to write write our names in, and we wished him all the luck, and we definitely, um, like we were saying, if you're ever in Bedford, Pennsylvania, in that small town, and you can stop and get a drink and drink responsibly, definitely go and stop at um, the old Bedford Brewing. It's definitely a great place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The whole trip was great. Mm-hmm. I had a good travel companion, if I don't say so myself, <laughs> and some some of the history that and Gettysburg too. Oh, yeah. I always preconceived Gettysburg as this little battleground comparable to like the little bighorn. And it was nothing like that. I mean, it's like all over the city the and they had all city. these yep. Yeah, all these monuments and stuff. It was um and we did very sobering yeah and we ended up doing the bus tour which uh, was amazing i'm so happy we did because our tour guide he actually you know he stopped us as we're running in he's like are you guys want to go on the tour we're like yeah and okay i'll hold the bus go buy the ticket and let's go and he was so knowledgeable about everything and he was just great um at putting everything in perspective and telling the stories and there's just so many of the stories that stuck out to me especially about the civil war and you know not to get too political but how our country is right now divided and how it was divided back then and how in the civil war it was literally putting up brothers and friends against friends and just the casualties and just how it 
tore America apart. It was it was really really sobering. And at the very end of the tour, he wrapped it up. He pulled out his harmonica and played a little tune, and it was amazing. I can yeah, that was say great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Any of you that are planning a trip to Gettysburg, if you're Civil War buffs, history buffs, whatever the case may be, definitely take the bus tour yeah you have an opportunity where you can drive around on your own or you can have a tour guide that drives your vehicle and takes you all around yeah that's a little bit more intimate but the bus tour was great and yeah i really wanted to stay out more and just like look around and like imagine you know confederate soldiers and union soldiers but it was just so cold Mm. i'm like i'm getting back in the bus (laughs) yeah it was awesome i mean you know and we always say we're huge history buffs and that was just a great top off to a great trip out there and some great baseball we definitely saw so overall i think we already oh no we didn't say this one because we did do the rating of the vet in last episode so what would you give the star rating for citizens bank park I would give it four and a half stars cool. and I'll tell you, tell you why it's four and a half stars. We're going to deduct a quarter of a star because of the beer selection. Mm-hmm. I was really disappointed and we're going to deduct another quarter of a point because, uh, or of, of a star, I'm sorry, because of Mount Everest up on the fourth level. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so um, four and a half. Wow, is well, even what the, the speaking four and a half is pretty good on the old man star scale. So awesome. You know, Philadelphians, you have something to be proud in in uh, Citizens. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, there are some stadiums that I just have, okay, I've done it. Okay, uh, never again. I would go back to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I would. Definitely. Yeah, I yeah. Would. yeah I, just I, I, to- I would too. Definitely. If anything, to look at all the beautiful women, my goodness. <laughs> like I say, to be a young man once again. Oh, man. All right. And on that note, it's time for the old man's seventh inning stretch. On one. On two. On three. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and crack. I don't care if we never get back Out at the old ball game Right, all right, old man. Here we are in the seventh inning stretch. It's time for you to uh, stump me once again. Here we go. Let's let's hear it. Okay, Parcheesi, you're down on the ground. I'm going to pound on you a little bit more. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Harry Carey, the famous Chicago Cubs announcer, did not just announce for the Chicago Cubs. It's kind of a two-part question. Name the teams that he announced for. Teams. So, I mean, I know because I edited the Chicago, uh, The it was New Kaminsky, is the episode we did and I was digging through audio and he actually did the announcing at the White Sox. So I know White Sox and the Cubs for sure. So I okay. mean, that's pretty much, those are my only two answers. Is those there another one? Only t- um, Parcheesi. <laughs> I almost you, got it. That should be like a half a point though, you know? <laughs> no, 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 you... You, uh, that, that New York Mets one, the first one, it's like you, you screwed yourself there, but. (laughs) So what, what were the ones other than the White Sox and the Cubs? What other teams did Harry, uh, Carey announce for? This is going to surprise you. Yeah. He started out with the St. Louis Cardinals, surprisingly enough. And he was fired by the Cardinals and he went to the Oakland A's for one year. And I believe it was 1971. I don't want to end up on the talks like a man with a paper butt wall, but I'm almost 100% sure it was 1971. Then he went to the Chicago White Sox and then his fame took him to uh, the Chicago Cubs and that's where he's most known. Yeah, he's a legend. And speaking of our road trip, we were able to drive by Wrigley Field on our way out there. And oh my goodness, I can't wait till we get to that episode to talk about that stadium because 
they're renovating that field and it just looks beautiful that stadium out there but yeah that's so interesting i bet the um st louis you know kind of kicking themselves after letting them go how crazy is that I don't really understand that myself, but, you know, I mean, in baseball, unfortunately, there are politics, you know, and who knows, maybe you had one too many Bud Lights during the game. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you, know think, I mean, you think that would add to uh, his flavor and everything. But, you know, yeah. as history goes, I think it, he ended up where he belonged. And, you know, yeah. we, everyone can just associate him with his glasses with the Cubs. Sure. It's just, it's just, you know, with the scene, we even feature him on on the podcast before it's uh he's a great guy and wow what a great uh, that was, at least i kind of got a little of it i'm not too uh disappointed yeah, about that you're still one in seven <laughs> of course you but know? who's keeping count you know <laughs> oh, oh no not me not me at all of course you and know? like we were saying we were saying a little bit tristan in the last episode you know uh yeah, the old man yeah. went to the bathroom we were doing the live recording at the appalachian brewing company in gettysburg and you know i was like okay well you gotta help me out man get your phone you know google the question slit you know let help me out help me out and you know he gave me a hint and i almost got it right but yeah i was gonna say even with cheating i still can't get one of these right so we've said this before <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we said this before, you know, shoot us a uh, a message on Facebook or uh, tweet us or DM us or you could send us an email if you go to the website dugoutduo.com. And if you want to hear the old man stump me with one of your Riddlers, shoot it over and he'll read it on air. And like I said, please make it easy. Come on. I'm, 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 I'm rooting for you guys. Yeah, and I'll try and get it right this time. If you can um, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, that would be great. And if you like what you're hearing, please tell a friend. I mean, um, we're enjoying this journey and we want to share it with you and we hope you're also enjoying it as well. Yeah, and any we're totally trying to look for more interaction with uh, other baseball fans because at the end of the day, you know, baseball is all about friends and family and enjoying the game and, you know, a community, building a community. And if nothing else, we totally saw the community in Philadelphia and how awesome it is and the fans. And, you know, so we're trying to build the community here at the Chasing a Dream with the Dugout Duo. So shoot us an email and uh, hop on the digital dugout and we'll get it. So we got seven stadiums down what is up next old man well what before um we talk about what's next mm -hmm. i would like to uh just clarify one thing i think philadelphia is going to be a lot better team than what people realize they picked up jake arietta and he is pitching very well reese hopkins hoskins excuse me michael franco J.P. Crawford, Carlos Santana. Yeah. This team is looking pretty good. Yeah, Franco was great, and so was Santana, uh, the two games we saw. So, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, they were on fire. I, I was really impressed. Dude, two grand slams in one game, 20 points scored. I've never been to that high of a game. So that was that in itself made the game worth it for me. Yeah, that looked like some softball game that you'd see, uh, you know, between high school girls. Well, they would have called. They would have called that game off at the seventh probably, inning if it was a little, yeah. it was a little league or something, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. So, what's the next one? Where are we going? Okay, next time we're going to the city that is not a mistake by the lake. We're going to Cleveland, Ohio, home of the Cleveland Indians, and we are going to do Progressive Field. But when I was there, it was it's affectionately known as Jacob's Field or the Jake. Mm. And yeah, there's a lot going on with the Indians too. Current like the controversy with uh, the mascot and all that. So I'm kind of curious to kind of getting into that stadium. All like always. that will be fun. Yeah, but we have a lot of controversy with the politics of the mascot and going to that. So yeah, that's going to be a great episode. And like we were saying before, if you dug this episode, I would highly recommend going back and checking out the veterans um, stadium episode because you know all the great fans that we talked to in Philadelphia is really highlight. So. Sounds great, man. Old man, I had a lot of fun, and uh, we'll see everyone next time in the Digital Dugout. And remember, always dare to dream the seemingly impossible, and then have the passion to make that dream a reality. Until next time, in the place that is not a mistake, by the way, peace out. 
Hi, this is Rick Coe of the Dugout Duo. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us online at dugoutduo.com. You enjoy this podcast, throw us a comment on iTunes, Google Play Store, Stitcher, or whatever you catch your podcasts on. Not only do you help boost my ego into the stratosphere, you'll also improve our ability to share those timeless stories with more baseball fanatics just like you. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and I'll look forward to seeing you in the digital dugout. Baseball, just a game, as simple as a ball and bat, and yet as complex as the American spirit it symbolizes. It's a sport, a business, sometimes almost even religion. Why the fairy tale of Willie Mays making a brilliant World Series catch and then dashing off to play stickball in the streets with his teenage pals. That's baseball. And so is the husky voice of a doomed Lou Gehrig saying, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. That's baseball.